Queer Money Bingo is coming live to Denver, Colorado on Thursday, June 13th at the downtown Capital One Cafe. To sign up for your door prizes, pride sunglasses, free coffee, more swag, fun, and games, go to queermoneypodcast.com forward slash tour. So you asked and we're answering. Someone asked for a little bit more detail on the LGBTQ plus money study about healthcare, specifically around race. So we dug into the data. So things aren't always what they seem and things seem to be a little bit curious when you dive into the data a little bit further <laughs> on the state of LGBTQ plus healthcare in America. Right. So this is the last episode in our bonus series around the Motley Fool Debt-Free Guys LGBTQ plus money study, episode 379 of the Queer Money Podcast. Let's get on with it. The mission of Queer Money is to financially empower the LGBTQ plus community. Join us in thanking Capital One for supporting that mission. So we shared on Queer Money episode number 372 that 87% of the community has health insurance either through their employer or on the open market. And then somebody asked us to dive into the data a little bit more. And they said, what about the other 13%? Um, so we wanted to break that down for you here today. Um, the question is really about what was the racial breakdown of those who don't have health care? Right. Um, we want to add the caveat, though. Our One of our our big focus was to get the study done because it has been a long time since an exhaustive study has been done on the state of LGBTQ finance. Beyond that, our second goal was to make sure we were more inclusive of transgender and non-binary folks, because very often uh, when there are studies done on the state of finance in our community, uh, unfortunately, those demographics often get left out. So our concern, our focus was to sort of focus on overweighting in those categories. Race wasn't our top priority in this breakdown, um, primarily because of you can only choose so many priorities when you're doing a study like this. The more priorities expensive. you choose, the more expensive it gets. Yeah. And we didn't have um, an exhaustive budget to use either. So we're trying to weigh what uh, we thought would be most uh, applicable to the broader population of the community, as well as manage our costs. Maybe someday we can do something even bigger. If you have access to a pocketbook, <laughs> <laughs> let us know. We're happy to, 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 to help this grow. Um, but we had to use what we had capable, what we had available to us uh, at this time. So right. David's going to break down some of the uh, the racial breakdown of those who have health care and those who do not have health care in the LGBTQ community. Yeah. And we did mention this uh, on a previous episode that uh, when we did look at the, uh, I'll, I'll say this, race was an option that individuals could give us data about in the survey. Um, electively. It, electively, right? So when we when we gathered the information in the survey, we did get racial information. Uh, and what we found is that the racial makeup of individuals in the survey is not st statistically different, significantly different than the overall population of the United States. Based on the U.S. Census. Right, exactly. So, for example, um, in, in, the, in our survey, 68.8% of individuals were were white, twelve and a half percent were black, nine point three percent were either Hispanic or Latino, three point four percent were Asian, two point seven percent said they were multiracial, two point uh, two percent decided to tell us uh, did did not want to tell us what their race was, three quarters of a percent were other, and 0.4 percent or almost half a percent were listed as Arab. So you probably are seeing that there 
are some there that um, typically are not shown on the census, such, such as other. Um, there isn't an other category on the census. Um, but also individuals like uh, uh, Native American and Native Pacific Islander Hawaiian are not included. We did not have individuals in the survey who responded that that's what their racial makeup was. And I'll add the caveat that this is a numbers intensive episode. Right. Uh, if This might be an episode that you want to watch on our YouTube channel because we do have pictures and graphics there that might be a little bit easier to follow. Uh, we will uh, include some of those gra graphs and pictures as well in the show notes at queermoneypodcast.com. Right. So what is the what was the racial breakdown of individuals who had health insurance? And again, um, a, a, like John said, numbers intensive here. I'm going to list them in the order in which the individuals, racial groups either had or didn't have health insurance. So we're going to start with those who had health insurance. 69.6% were white, 12% were black, 9.3% were Hispanic or Latino, 3.6% were Asian, 2.5% were multiracial, almost 2% of those who preferred not to say did not have health insurance. Did, did have health insurance. I'm sorry, did have health insurance. Uh, Two-thirds of a percent of those who listed themselves as other race uh, did have health insurance, and 0.4% of Arabs did. And so what you'll probably see is that there's not a huge difference between what the actual racial breakdown of the survey itself was. Um, but when we look at those who did not have health insurance and their racial breakdown, it does, there is a slight twist here. Tired of all the credit card offers you get from your current credit scoring app? Download CreditWise by Capital One today to avoid them. So though for those who do not have health insurance, 64.4% were white, 15.9% were black, 9.3% were Hispanic or Latino, 4.1% were multiracial, 2.5% were those who said that they preferred not to provide their race, 2.2% were Asian, 1.4% were other, and 0.4% were Arab. Now, what does this tell us? When we look at these numbers, one of the things you'll probably have noticed there is that the order in which we listed them is not exactly the same for across all three sets of uh, statistics. So really what the data is telling us is that if you are Asian or white, you're on average or we're slightly more likely to have healthcare. If you are Hispanic, Latino, or Arab, you are either more you are, you are not more likely or less likely to have health care. And basically what I'm doing this is I'm comparing this to the overall percentage of the racial makeup of the group. But if you are black, multiracial, chose not to tell us what your race was, or those um, who were um, those individuals were uh, were more, slightly more likely to not have health care. So how do we kind of break this down in actual numbers compared to the group? Well, for Asians, 90% of Asians who responded said that they had health care. White and Arabs were at 87.5% said that they had health care. Hispanic or Latinos, 86.6% said they had health care. For Blacks, it was 82.9%. For those who preferred not to say it was 82.5%, multiracial was 80%, and those 
who listed the, as uh, other their race as other 73.3%. So really what we're seeing here is that there is a, a almost an order in which individuals were likely to have health care. And um, what's interesting is oftentimes when we look at this order, this is similar a similar order that we see things like income, uh, home uh, um, ownership, um, wealth accumulation or household overall household wealth, it follows a very similar uh, structure in the order in which individuals had health care or did not have health care. So obviously then race does have an impact on whether or not someone has health care. Um, every it, it is important to note that every racial group within the LGBTQ plus community is below the national average when it co does come to uh, having health care. Uh, so we're all a little bit more marginalized in that area. And then it, everything is sort of uh, breaks down sort of beyond that, as you would expect, unfortunately, based on race. So healthcare insurance is access is very much tied to both having a job and your level of income. Uh, that seems to be a, a big corollary there. Right, right exactly. Yeah. And so what, one of the things that's important to remember from this is it's, it's, slightly less you are slightly less likely as a person of color to not have health care insurance um it's also important to remind ourselves that as a group we are doing well when it comes to having health care and there is definitely room for improvement we'll talk about that how we can do that in our queer money takeaway exactly this wraps up our bonus series featuring the motley full debt free guys lgbtq plus money study stay tuned for your queer money takeaway from this episode Start your journey to financial independence with a checking and savings account that doesn't nickel and dime you with fees. Get a Capital One 360 checking or a 360 performance savings account at Capital One today. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. Here's your takeaway from this episode. As with many other financial tools, the LGBTQ community is at a disadvantage when it comes to healthcare insurance including individuals who are people of color. But let's use this as an opportunity to, especially for those of us who work for companies where we do have health insurance, to encourage our queer brothers and sisters and family to join us in working at those companies, especially if they're accepting, so that they too can find a place where they have health care insurance. Then join us next Tuesday when we talk about the retirement benefits of investing in self-directed IRAs. And then next Thursday when we give you a sneak peek into the next topic of the Queer Money Bonus Series. Have a great weekend. If you or someone you know is in or near Denver on Thursday, June 13th, go to QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour to reserve a spot to win amazing swag, including our very popular fried sunglasses, free coffee, and of course, an hour of Queer Money Bingo hosted by yours truly. That's QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour.